seat and grab your Bibles if you would, please. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I am thrilled about what I believe God is doing, not only in this house, but in this nation. And um, something Pastor Carlos was saying a while ago, it kind of hit me, a, a thought that he said, or, or a phrase that he said, but something hit me. And, um, and I wrote this down. I wrote it at the top of my notes because it really goes along with what I want to press into the atmosphere. Most of you know me. I'm not a, um, I'm not a topical preacher. I'm not one of those kind of preachers. I'm not going to say we're going to spend the next eight weeks in the book of James. You know, that's just not me. That's not my style. That's not the way I do it. That's not the way I hear God. Not that it's wrong. That's just not me. I, I hear God in the moment. I hear God prophetically. I'm not a prophet. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of prophesying. I can prophesy, but I don't do a whole lot of it. The, 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 the main dominant anointing on my life is to preach prophetically, to challenge the status quo of the principalities and the powers that try to invade our life. And so my dominant anointing is to always to challenge that and to release people in their fullest potential. And so every time I preach, and I, this is, by the way, this is my 20-year anniversary of full-time ministry right here at New Harvest Church. So this is, this is a pretty amazing milestone there. Karen and I have been, been pastors now for 20 years, so I've outlasted Bishop, so I told him that the other day. So, so I said, they ain't ran me off yet, Bishop. Some of them probably tried, but we don't have elections around here because <laughs> I probably would be gone. <laughs> but, but that was something that, that God puts in me. And so what I do is I, I feel God out in the moment, in the time period. That's why each, each message every Sunday it, it, I just build on whatever I hear the Holy Ghost is saying, and, and a lot of times it just shifts. And so that's what I'm doing because I, I feel like the climate of not only our world, but the climate of our nation is trying to get established in a negative way. And I don't believe it's possible as long as God has a church in the earth. I don't believe it's possible. And, and something that Pastor Carlos said, I wrote this down. How many know that the church can never be deflated by any election? Can't be. And, and we, we can be disappointed. We can have a setback. But I, I just want you to know, I just want you to know, through everything that's been going on in our nation, the church has been going through a reset. And the reason why we be going, we're going through a reset is so that we can dominate, so that we can overthrow, and so that we can become empowered for the things of God. So, so, so everything that's going on is for the, watch this now, is for the benefit of the church. Because it really don't matter who's in authority, because all throughout Christendom, there have been dictators. Huh? They're, they're all, all throughout all throughout the life of the New Testament church and even the Old Testament, there have been rulers and dictators who have set their thrones on high, but God has always empowered the church to rule and reign in the earth. And so, so I, I'm reading all of these things, and I'm taking it all into account, and, and I'm just hearing what the Holy Ghost say because I believe that by the time we come out of this season, 
the church is going to be the most powerful entity on this planet with exercising the gifts of the Spirit and releasing the power and the authority of God like no devil has ever seen since the days of Jesus. Amen? So, so that, I'm just going to continue in that vein. If y'all were here last Sunday, you know that's kind of where I got started. So I'm going to pick it up. Psalms, I'm going to go to Psalm 75. Psalm 75, I'm going to just pick up a couple verses here. And then I'm going to jump back over into um, 1 Kings. By the way, if you're visiting for the first time or a long time, we're so glad that you're here today. We bless you today in the name of the Lord. And I, I said a while ago, I, I've been doing this for 20 years now, full-time, 23 years altogether. But I always get nervous when I get up here and grab this microphone. I, my, I, my, my world is a wreck right now. I am just nervous and I, and I sat there during worship, and I said, Lord, don't ever take the nervousness away. Because I want to be somebody who depends on you more than I depend on any ability that I may or may not have. And, and I'm just saying that I, I am so nervous today. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like an extra heap of nervousness that's on me today. I don't know. I just like... I wanted to kind of run in the green room and call in sick while ago and just I got to go home, but 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 I feel the Lord in this place today. So Psalm 75, Psalm 75. I want to just pick up a few verses. Verse number four, it says, "I said to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn." That word horn is the same word authority. I said to the wicked, do not lift up your authority. Do not lift up your horn or your authority on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. One translation says, with a stiff neck. For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation or promotion. But God is the judge. He puts down one and he promotes another. God is the judge, and he, it, one translation says he knows how to bring one down, and he knows how to set another one up. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't always tell how God's going to do a thing. You just can't always tell how God is going to do a thing. Now look at somebody on the other side of you and say, you just better watch out for me. You don't know who's next in line. You never know who's next in line. You never know. You never know. You never know. Every now and then you need to talk back to the devil and say, don't count me out. Don't count me out because God's still at work. Now go with me to 1 Kings. Just going to, a little bit of Bible reading. It's good to come to church and read your Bible. A little bit of Bible reading this morning. 1 Kings chapter 1, and I'm just going to pick up the story. This is David come to, coming to the end of his age. This is the, the story of David coming to the end of his life when he is about to uh, die. And there's about to be a transference of power from, 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 from one place to another. There's about to be a transition of authority. David is coming to the end of his age. And so uh, verse number five is where I want to pick up. Now, Adoniah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, promoted himself, saying, I will be king. So he, he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. His father had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? And he was also 
very, a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. Verse number 7, And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abathar, the priest, and following Adoniah, they helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Benaniah, the son of Jehodia, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shimei, Ray, eh? <laughs> He's always got to say that. I don't know why. And the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adoniah. Notice that there were some mighty men who were with David, but they weren't with Adoniah. In verse number 10, it says, but, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaniah the mighty man, and Solomon his brother. This is after he had a barbecue. Verse number 11, then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adoniah, the son of Haggith, has become king? And David, our Lord, does not know it. So now come and please let me give you counsel and save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go at once to King David and say to him, Have you not, my lord, O king, sworn to your maidservants, saying, Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then does Adoniah become king? One translation says, Why then does Adoniah reign? Verse number 32. Then King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehodiah. And they came into the king's presence, and the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord and have my son Solomon ride on my mule and bring him down to Gihon and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there as king over Israel and blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. Then you shall come up after him and he shall come and sit on my throne and be king in my place I have appointed him. Somebody shout appointed. I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. And Benaniah, the son of Jehodiah, answered the king and said, Amen. Thus may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king say, as the Lord has been with the Lord, the king, with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. I want to draw your attention back to this one verse in verse number 13. At the very phrase of it there, it says, Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then does Adoniah become king? You can't always tell how God's going to do a thing. You can't always tell how God moves in his sovereignty to execute his divine purposes for his purposes to be manifested in the earth. If Solomon is to be king, why then does Adoniah reign? Push on about three people and tell them it won't be long. It won't be long. And that's what I'm talking to you about this morning, overcoming the spirit of Adoniah. We're going to overcome the spirit of Adoniah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning 
for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, I thank you that you're the preacher, the teacher, you're the revelator, Holy Spirit, you're the communicator, you're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today, Lord, what a humbling experience it is just to stand in your presence, standing before the Lord of the universe, the King of glory, knowing that what is, what, what is man that you are mindful of? Who are we that you would even take thought of? But today, Lord, you want to do something in this, in this, in this place among these people. And Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for the power and the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Lord, wear me like a coat. Let me preach as it were the oracles of God. Let it burn and resonate in our hearts. And Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I knew we were in a COVID-19 recession, but boy, kicking back on the water bottles is a little rough. I know we had some little cutbacks at the office, but my Lord, can we not do better than that? <laughs> I need about three of them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Overcoming the spirit of Adonijah. The battle that's taking place in the earth right now is the battle that who is going to be in charge. The battle that's going on in the earth right now is for authority. The struggle of our day is over who is going to be in place. Who's going to be in authority? The devil would like to be in charge, but even he knows that the earth doesn't belong to the Lord. Both God and Satan understand that the authority in the earth is released through people. God understands that because he empowered it. The devil understands that because he lost it. And it's always come through the acts of men. The authority of God is always released in the earth by people. God knows that because he instituted and the devil knows that because it was man who defeated him. All earthly authority is directed and determined by leaders. Just working on these little bit, little bit more foundation. All earthly authority is determined by leaders, those we follow and those whom we elevate. Whoever the leader is determines something about the life you live. Whatever leader is in place has a direct effect on the life that we live. Whether we like it or not, it has a direct effect. Right now in the body of Christ, there is this gap. There's this space between what I call the previous moves of God and the impending moves of God. And the body of Christ in the earth right now is standing in this gap between what was and what is about to be. The body of Christ is standing in this gap between what God has done and what God is about to do. And in this gap, we are being confronted and we are faced and we are being challenged with the greatest threat that we have ever seen in our lifetime because that threat is bigger than us. It's a threat that has positioned itself in place without proper permission. 
It's a threat. We, we, we are facing the body of Christ, the body of Christ, and I, it's, it's really around the world, but I'm not speaking to the world. I'm speaking to this house. The body of Christ in America is facing its greatest impending threat in our generation. And in this gap, in this gap between what God has done and what God is about to do, in this gap, the enemy is trying to exalt his authority. The enemy is trying to exalt his ideologies. The enemy of our soul is trying to exalt wrong leadership or, or, or evil leadership, if we could put it another way. He's trying to exalt it into position in order to occupy time and space. And we as the body of Christ, here we are, the church of the living God. We are caught between what God has done and what God is about to do, and we are caught in this gap. And in this gap is where the church has to recognize and know that God is still at work even beyond the natural evidence of things not appearing to be the way that we want it to be. God is still at work among his people. God is still at work among his church. And God is still at work in the earth. In the natural, in the natural, you have, we, we, we had this thing, in the natural, you see to believe. That's the way it works in the natural. In the natural realm, you see to believe. But in the realm of the spirit, you believe in order to see. And what God is doing, what God is doing, I'm just, trying to bring, I'm just trying to bring a perspective on what's going on in our nation today with the body of Christ. What God is doing to the church in America right now, he's trying to get the church in America to get to a place in their faith where they learn how to believe something from God in order to see it rather than to see it and then believe it later. And right now there is a push, there is an agenda from the enemy to exalt himself into a place to discredit the church, to discredit discredit the move of God, but ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know this ain't God's first rodeo. This ain't God's first time around. God understands the nature of the enemy that he has already defeated and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that will quicken our mortal bodies. Push on somebody and tell them it won't be long. It won't be long. It's hard, I'm going to work it out just a little bit more foundation. It's hard to get a move of God when our natural logic continues to override our spiritual realm. It's hard to move in the things of God when you are caught up in CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NBC, Nickelodeon, whatever you watch, <laughs> ESPN, it's hard to get a move of God when your mind has been indoctrinated by a worldly agenda to pull you off the throne of your faith so that you begin to believe the narratives that is being forced into the psyche of your mind to the point that you begin to believe what you see more than you believe what he is saying. There's a move. There's a move that God is trying to release in the earth. And there are powers. Yeah. There are powers that are sitting in positions of authority. There are powers right now. And I, don't, don't just put me in, in, in Donald Trump's camp. I'm not, I'm, it's way beyond a man. 
that there are principalities and powers sitting in places of authority that look like they got the upper hand, but you got to understand God has never let the enemy outplay the move of God. Because God knows how to raise one up, and he knows how to pull one down. Don't go around exalting your own authority because God knows how to work it. (laughs) And God has a, this is the way I put it in my notes, God has a sovereign timetable in which he has always been able to intervene in human history. And when God begins to intervene, you have to know that when, when, when God comes, there's mercy When God comes, there's grace. And when God comes, there's judgment. And God has always been able to take the powers of hell and begin to work his sovereign authority through mankind and overpower the works of darkness. So, 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 and, and when God gets ready to promote or demote, can't nobody stop it. That, that works for you on your job. You may not even be qualified for the job that you have right now, but when there's favor on your life, you, you may not even be, you may not have all the degrees that it takes to do the job that you've been called to do, but when God gets ready to promote you, Joseph, it don't matter how many are standing in front of you. When God gets ready to promote, to promote you, he knows how to pull one up and pull another one down because he's God. He's God. I want you to look at a verse of Scripture with me. I want you to go with me to Isaiah. This, this, this was not in my reading, in my studies last night, whenever I was um, going to bed and getting done with everything I had to do. But when I woke up this morning, it's, it's the craziest thing. I, I told you last week, God's been giving me these dreams. I feel a little slighted by that because the Bible says old men will have dreams. And I guess I'm in that old man's category. I'm wanting a vision. I don't want a dream. I want to be in the young man's category, but I guess gravity is taking its toll. But Isaiah, I woke up with this scripture, like it, it kind of like went off inside of me, and I and I and I looked at it, and the Lord gave me some thoughts out of it. Isaiah 42. I want to begin reading in verse number 13. And the Lord will go forth like a warrior, and he will arouse his zeal like a man of war. And he will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. One translation says, he will raise a roar. And he will prevail against his enemies. God is a man of war. God is a warrior. And he will raise a roar against the hand of his enemies. Verse number 14 says, I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. This is the Lord talking. Now like a woman in labor, I will groan, and I will both gasp and pant, and I will lay waste the mountains and the hills and wither all the vegetation, and I will make the rivers into coastlands, and I will dry up the ponds, swamps. (laughs) Dried up, Lord. Dry up all the crooked, perverted. 
wrong government on both sides of the aisles. Dry up the Republicans, dry up the Democrats, drain the swamp so that we can have victory in our land, that we become a land that is dedicated back to the things of God. God said, listen, I want you to notice the reading of God said, not you dry them up, I'm going to dry them up. You can't put a person in power to dry up what I got to dry up. This thing is way deeper than you. This thing is way bigger than you. And unless I act, nobody can begin to move on it. But Isaiah says, when I act, who can reverse it? All right, now, he says, and I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In past, they do not know, and I will guide them. And I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do. Not your favorite politician. It's not that politicians don't have a place. But I'm telling you, what we are up against, we are not against, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're not fighting, we're not fighting adversaries that you can put your hands on. We are fighting a realm of the spirit that is executing their exercise through men because authority in the earth comes through men. But until we learn how to pull down the strong man, he says, these are the things that I will do, and I will not leave them undone. God is saying, I'm a man of war, and I'm about to roar. Man, I woke up on that inside of me today. There's about to be a roaring that's about to come. It's about to thunder out of heaven like we have never seen before. This will be on the screen for you. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. I'm not here to entertain you, but to get you to a place where you can learn to laugh at the impossible. I tell you what, God is trying to get his people to a place where the church is not here just to entertain psychics and people that just begin to want to entertain and have a good little cute church service. God is trying to get his church to a place that where the impossible becomes possible, where we begin to laugh at what seems to be impossible because we know the one who sits high and we know the one who's able to deliver even his people. It's been said that when a lion roars in the jungle, you can hear the roar of a lion five miles away. Think about that. When a lion roars in the jungle, how many know that the lion is king of the jungle? When a lion roars in the jungle, you can hear his roar five miles away. And they tell us that when a lion roars, every predator, every animal in the sphere of his territory is paralyzed by the roaring of the lion because of the ferociousness of the roar that is coming across the territory. It says that the experts will tell you that when, when, when animals and, 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 and other things that are in that territory hear the roar of the lion, it is so intimidating that animals paralyze. They get stopped in their tracks because of the paralyzing roar of that lion in the jungle. I thought, man, if a lion in the jungle can roar five miles away and stop a, a, an animal in its territory, what do you think the lion of the tribe of Judah will do when he begins to roar over the heavenlies and into the earthly? Don't you think that every principality will be intimidated? Don't you think that every power will be paralyzed by the power of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
You have to know that we serve a God that cannot be defeated. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. God is roaring out of the heavenlies. And I'm telling you, that roar is about to make its way into the 21st century church in America. And we're going to begin to understand that we are connected to a king. We are connected to a power. We are connected to an authority that when that roar begins to roar out of the heavenlies and the church begins to lift up its voice, that's why you don't come to church and act like you're at a funeral service. We are up in here to give a shout unto God, to give a praise unto God. Because when we roar, there is something in the heavenlies that gets shifted and intimidated by the power of the people. Push on somebody and tell them it won't be long. It won't be long. It won't be long. You know, I tell, I'm going to preach in a minute. Just hang out with me. You know, I got to preach again tonight, so keep hanging out with me for a while. So in our text, it tells the story of David's reign that's coming to an end. And there's about to be this transference of power. There's about to be a shift of authority to a new order. But in that gap between David going out and the new order stepping in, Adoniah steps into the gap. And Adoniah, who was not promoted by David, but promoted himself. Adoniah, who was not exalted by his father David, but began to exalt his own horn, began to exalt his own authority, steps into the gap and begins to take the place of king. But in that gap, when, I, when Adoniah is there, while he's standing in that gap, Solomon's mother, Goes back to David. He said, my Lord the king, have you not said to me in times past that Solomon would be the heir of the throne? If Solomon is to be king, why then doth Adonijah reign? If you promise that Solomon was supposed to be the king, how come it is that Adonijah has stepped in place? And begin to rule in the authority of the king. Have you ever questioned God where you said, God, I thought you said I would be healed. How come sickness still reigns in my body? God, I thought you said I would be blessed. How come it is that the curse still keeps me held down? God, I thought you said that I would be an overcomer. How come it is I'm still struggling with my addictions, my habits? my perpetual things that keep haunting me. God, I thought you said that all things were possible to them that believe. How come the impossible keeps raining? God, I thought you said that you would hear the cry of the righteous. How come it is that it's the cry of the unrighteous that seems like it's getting exalted? You ever ask God any questions like that? God, I thought you said, but in that gap between what God said and what God's doing, there's Adoniah. And if you don't learn how to overcome the spirit of Adoniah, you'll give in to Adoniah. Next thing you know, you'll believe whatever Adoniah says. And next thing you know, a nation will believe whatever Adoniah says. You see, it's in that gap 
between your previous revelation and what you know and understand that's about to become your new revelation. And the wrong order has emerged. There's some people in, under the sound of my voice right now, you're in that gap in your life personally. God, I've got a promise from you, but it don't look like it's ever going to take place. And there's this gap, and that Adonai spirit is saying, I'll never let you get there because I'm going to reign. I'm going to reign over your life. In 1 Corinthians, this will be on the screen for you. Just a little bit more foundation, then we're going to go with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 8 says, If the rulers of this age had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the rulers of this age could not comprehend the wisdom of God, don't think for a moment the, the rulers of our age can comprehend the wisdom of God. Because if the rulers of this age had known what they were doing with Jesus, they would have not have done it. But isn't it just like God to use his sovereign authority and his sovereign power in attempt to destroy Jesus, God used their own power and their own will to exalt Jesus. And then when it looked like it was over after three days, there, became, there came a resurrection. Some of us are giving up way too soon in your promises. Some of you are checking out way too soon in the things of God. And God is going to use the very tactic of the enemy. God's going to use the very plan of the enemy to try to bring discouragement against your life. But you've got to understand, God will use the powers that be to put a around their own neck so that his glory will be lifted and his power will begin to reign in the earth like never before. Push on somebody and tell them it won't be long. God uses unbelievers. God uses unbelievers to accomplish his sovereign purposes. I just want it to work out the way I want it to. Welcome to your process. Welcome to the reality of spiritual realms where you have to learn to faith everything that God's ever going to do for your life. Well, I just want it to be easy. There is no such thing as easy in the kingdom of God. When you got signed up, you were promoted out of the domain of darkness and into his marvelous light. And the enemy put a big X on your chest and says, now I'm coming after you. I'm releasing hell after you. I'm releasing everything I got after you to bring you down. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you have to realize the battle that's going on is a struggle for authority. And God is coming with vengeance. That's what the Bible said. He's coming with vengeance. And he's about to roar across his enemies. But he's got to have a church. He's got to have a people that can hear the voice of heaven and roar and be the echo of God in the earth. Oh, I feel like preaching. I'm going to preach in a minute. Adonai said, I'm going to be king. He was promoting his own agenda. He was promoting his own authority when he had no authority. It's the same thing that the devil did in Isaiah chapter 14. He says, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above God. I will make myself like the most high. It's the same spirit. You wonder what's going on 
with, with, with our nation with crooked government and all this stuff that's going on. It's the same spirit that's been birthed out of the bowels of hell. And I don't care how good they sound, how eloquent they are. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. It is still birthed out of the birth out of the bowels of hell. And God is trying to get the church to a place where you don't rely on elections to move the things of God in the earth. Because we have been so tied to a person rather than to a principle. We have been so tied to a Republican Party or a Democratic Party. Like, that's going to be the answer. Like, that's going to be the saving grace. And I know that they're good and they're bad on both sides. But what I'm trying to say to you today, ladies and gentlemen, if you got your eyes on a person, you have missed it. You have been distracted. Our eyes have to be on the one who controls the wind in his fist. It has to be on the one who tells the ocean, you cannot go no further than the boundaries that I set for you has to be higher, has to be further. There has to be a people that begins to rise in the earth. And, and, and I know we all, and I'm not trying to make an election thing, but I'm just saying this is the atmosphere, this is the climate that we're in. This is the climate that we're in, and you can't stick your head in the sand like it don't exist. It's the climate that we're in. And everything is, everybody on the news is saying it's about the election. No, it's about evil versus good. It's about the principalities of powers that are trying to overthrow the people of God. The battle that is being waged right now is for authority. And anytime something begins to emerge, there are critical moments, critical moments that begin to occur. I gave you just a couple of these last week. Critical moments occur when something is about to be born. That's be number one if on the screen if you guys would just work with me. Critical moments occur when something is being born. When Moses was being born, there was a movement to kill the babies. Well, something was trying to be born. When Jesus was being born, there was a moment to kill. There was a critical moment to kill babies. At the birthing of something great, there are critical moments to kill it in its infancy. That's why the seed is so powerful. Because if the enemy can stop the seed from getting planted, he'll kill the movement of the seed or the exercise or the power of that seed. But if you can ever get the seed planted, then the seed will produce what's in itself. Ah, that's why the enemy comes and he tries to kill something in its infant form. When you see a big old oak tree, and I like, I like to be in the woods and everything, when I look at these big old oak trees and some of them are like 100 years old or maybe older, and I'm looking at those oak trees and I'm saying, that oak tree didn't start at 100, it started as an acorn. It was just a seed. Nobody paid no attention to it when it was just a seed, just surviving on top of the ground. But one day it got covered up. And then the ground began to resist the seed. You wonder why, you wonder why you're going through everything that you're going through? Maybe it's just because God's got you covered up because there's more inside of you than what's laying on top of the ground. Nine-tenths of the battles that happen to you happen up underneath the surface where you don't see it moving, you don't see it happening, but it's the breakdown, it's the germination of the seed that's about to give life to the promises of God. So things are at a critical moment when they're being born. Things are at a critical moment when it's being developed. When someone is trying to de develop something, the input or the right people or the right environment around that person is critical. When you got little babies, how many know that the input, the environment that those kids are in is critical? It's critical. It's critical to their development. And then the third thing, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there because we got to go. The third thing is when something is, is, is in a critical stage is when it's about to be established. When something is coming to its place of authority. 
this place of dominion, there's a battle that begins to wage war in the gap. Everything that is being shaken is because there's an establishment that's trying to get set. The reason why things are being shaken, because if it can be shaken, then it won't get set. The, the, the word establishment literally deals with something being set, something being permanent. When something gets established, that, that, that's the permanency of it. So everything that's going on in our world is to bring distraction so what God is trying to establish don't get permanent. See, the world don't want the church to get permanent. I'm not talking about just people. I'm talking about the principalities of this world. The rulers of this age don't want the church to become permanent. Because if the, if the church ever gets set, if the church ever gets set in prayer, if it ever gets set in revelation, if it ever gets set in a movement, if it ever gets set in the power of God, then hell knows it has no authority on power to override the existence of the church. John 16, 33, we know it well. Jesus said, in me you have peace, but in the world you've got some tribulations. Pressure, squashing, squeezing. It's the word, tri tri tribulation is the word philippus, which means to be pressured. In the world you've got some pressure, but take courage for I've overcome the world. He said, he said in me you've got some peace. That word peace is the Greek word arene, which means a favorable set of circumstances. In the world, you got all this craziness going on. But if you stay in me, you got a favorable set of circumstances. In the world, you got all this pressure. Don't, don't get into the worldly battles. Stay in the battle of the Spirit. Stay in the realm of the Spirit so that what God has authorized out of heaven can be manifested in the earth. It's trying to get established. It's, that's, that's why the battle is so intense. That's why the battle is to every attack comes to discourage your progress. It comes to cause you to retreat from the purpose that God has for you. That's why, that's why so many Christians bail out way too soon. We, we give up way too quick. Well, God, you said. Well, God, you said it. Well, I don't guess it's going to work. Who gave you permission to go AWOL? We're in the time of war. This is a fight. Well, I didn't, that, that's like signing up for the army and saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to go to war. Then you shouldn't have signed up. I just got signed up to get free education. I just got signed up to get a job trade. Well, you got signed up for the wrong motives. Those are benefits. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, if our nation needs you, then you got to go to the battlefield and you got to fight. I hear, I, hear, I hear that golf course clap because that means you don't really want to get involved in it. You're like, oh, Lord, help it. I hope we don't break out in a war. I'm telling you, we are in a war with the powers of hell, and there's nothing you can do about it but win. <laughs> Hebrews 10.39 says, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but those who by faith persevere. We are persevering. We're not giving up. I'm not giving up my heritage. I'm not giving up my promises. I'm not giving up my family. 
I don't care what the reports are. I don't care what it has said. I believe a higher verdict. <laughs> well, cancer runs in your family. Okay, it ran up until me. A diagnosis is not a verdict. I may have been diagnosed with all kinds of crazy things that ran through my family lineage and tree, but by the time it got to these genes, by the time it got to this pool, by the time it got to this place, I put a stop to it in Jesus' name because the greater one lived in me. Because we're in a war. <laughs> Should have titled it, This Means War. Why did that and I arrange? Because he's trying to usurp authority. And only the church has the authorization to overthrow it. Satan only attacks what he, what he knows God has already affirmed. If you're under attack today, it's because God's already affirmed you. In the garden, he attacked Eve with identity because she was already affirmed in identity. In fact, when, he got, when Eve got into a language problem with the devil, well, did not God say that if you eat of this tree, you'd be like him? Sure he did. But the problem was she was already like him. She didn't have to eat from what? Nothing. She was already created in his image. So she, he got it. Listen, the more you talk to the devil, the more you get confused. The more you dialogue with wrong news, the more you get confused. The more you dialogue with earthly perspective, the more you get confused. And the next thing you know, you are being talked out of promises. In the wilderness, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, when he came to tempt Jesus, did, did, did not the devil say to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then throw yourself off the cliff. Won't he give his angels charge? The devil was quoting the word. If you get into a dialogue with the devil, you're going to think it's God. Unless you know the word. What do you mean if I'm the son of God? Devil, I saw you fall like lightning from heaven. I was part of the jury that kicked you out of heaven. What do you mean if I'm the son of God? Woo! Every time you go up against those thoughts in your mind, those thoughts in your head, or those thoughts on the news, you need to stand up and say right back to it, greater is the Lord, great is our God. I'm about to release a roar across this planet like nobody has ever seen. And the God of vengeance, the God of grace, the God of mercy, and the God of judgment will blow across this planet again. Ooh. Whatever the enemy is messing with is because it's already been affirmed. Solomon is about to be established to the throne. In the process of being established, Adonai exalts himself in that gap. If God has established Solomon, the church, because Solomon is a picture of the church, Adonai is a picture of the world. So if God has exalted Adonai, the church, how come Adonai, the world, reigns? How is it that the spirit of, world, of, the, of the world 
feels as though it can occupy places of leadership without any challenge. When there's a Solomon anointing that's been destined to reign. And, I, and I, I've taken enough heat and I don't care. I, I'm beyond it now. I don't care if you think the church should be in politics or not. Too late. We're there. I, I don't care what your past previous thought patterns were. The church has always been involved in politics. The church ought to be in government. The church ought to be in entertainment. The church ought to be in business. The church ought to be occupying in places of authority. I just don't believe we need it. We don't get involved to, to exalt a person. We get involved to exalt the things of God. Solomon, if the church is supposed to reign, why does that and I reign? I'm working on a message. It's been birthed out of this. There's a company coming. There's a company coming that's not intimidated. There's a company coming that's emerging. And this company that's coming, we're not going to stay hidden. And we're not going to stay quiet. And we're not going to be silenced by YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. We're not going to be silenced. The gospel has been tried to be silenced all throughout the decades of its existence. The world's idea of church is nothing more than a glorified soup kitchen. And I don't mind feeding people. We do it every week. We got a team of volunteers that show up every Monday and we feed people. We do it every week. I don't mind feeding people. But the church is not only the hands, we're a voice. We're a voice. And we, and we, and we release the things of God into the earth. We do it with our hands and we do it with our mouth. We're, there's more to us than just a materialistic realm. The church is being positioned for leadership and authority. I just want to say this. The reason why our, our government is crumbling, the reason why our government is crumbling right before our eyes is because it's got a bunch of fake people in it. And that's on both sides of the aisle, and I hope, I, I hope they hear it. I said it for their benefit, not for yours. You're fake. You're phony. You say one thing, but you do another thing. And I'm just going to tell you, don't, don't claim the name of God and then lie about the things of God and the promises of God and act like God don't exist. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the church being the hands, but the church has a voice. And the church that is rising in the earth today is not intimidated. The message of the secular realm is that all things are equal and all things are valid and all things are the same. And I just want to let you know they are not. All religions are not the same. I don't care if you end your prayer with an amen and an a woman. It is not the same. It is not the same. I'm telling you it's not the same. But we got a generation that buys into that. We got a generation that thinks there are multiple ways to God. There's only one way to God, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. I didn't make it up. God said it. John 10, 8, Jesus said, I'm the door. All those who come before me are thieves and robbers. <laughs> the Adonai's spirit, I'm just working it out. I only got like five minutes left. The Adonai's spirit wants to pick a fight. 
and then wants us to stay out of the fight that they picked. See, I, I relate that to the devil. The devil wants to pick a fight with me, and then he wants to back out of the fight that he picked, like you just sit there and be quiet. Are you crazy? Have you lost your ever-living damned mortal soul? And I don't mean that in a cuss word. I mean it's damned. Got to qualify that for these younger people around here. It, 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 listen, I, I, remember, I remember when our girls were little, just growing up and then the pressures of, of being in public schools and just the pressure. That, and I can remember Karen and I just pleading the blood over their life. We, I would pray over them every morning before they went to school. And Lord, just plead the blood over them. And every night when they came in, when they were little, especially when they were little, I would pray over their eyes and pray over their mind and say, Lord, just erase the thoughts of the vain imaginations of the day and let them have a good night's rest and wake up refreshed and ready to go in the name of the Lord. And I can just remember doing, doing battle with my kids. But now we just put a computer in front of them and say, educate them. Indoctrinate them. And we wonder why we got a generation that is so far from God. It's because the generation present didn't do the, didn't do the due diligence of raising our kids to be godly. And now we got a generation that's flaking out, that's wigging out. When we begin to preach truth, they say it ain't truth because all truth is relative. And I'm just trying to tell you, not all truth is relative. There is one truth. It's in a person, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. It's not your opinion. It's not what you think. It's what he says. <laughs> I know y'all probably think I'm mad. I'm just intense. I'm not mad. I told you I was nervous. Maybe my nervousness is coming now. Adonai picks a fight. Say, so I'm just going to exalt myself. Who gave you the authority? I'm just going to do it because I'm Adonai. I'm handsome. I'm good looking. I'm just going to exalt myself. I'm the next in reign. I'm the next in line. To be the king, I'm the oldest brother living in the family. I'm the next in line. Isn't it amazing how God will raise one up and pull another one down because family lineage means absolutely nothing to do with the anointing that's on somebody's life. <sighs> this Adonai spirit, they were the ones who pushed on us. Now they want us to sit back and be quiet. Just stay in your four walls. Just have your little church services. Don't bother nobody. Tell you, one of the reasons why we feel the pressure that we feel in the climate of the earth, and we've never felt like this at election time. This is the worst it's ever been. You know why it's the worst it's ever been? Because it's the most vocal the church has ever been. The reason why there's so much escalating in the realm of the spirit, and the reason why people are just like falling apart because of our election, is because it's the first time since probably the birthing of our nation that the church has actually got involved with a voice. And what it has done is it has stirred up every principality and power that has kept lodged behind its sacred doors and we have exposed the powers of hell and we're letting the powers of hell. You don't get to occupy that place. You don't get to occupy like that because we are a voice in the earth. So this Adonai just toots his own horn. He just begins to exalt himself. They pushed on us. Now they want us to be quiet. Why should we be quiet? Our message is alive. Our God is alive. Our hope is alive. And I know I, there's enough people in here, enough people that are probably listening to me later on, either by Facebook or however they do it, before we get censored. 
I'm sorry your favorite politician, your favorite entertainer, and your favorite movie star don't like it. I'm, favorite, I'm sorry your favorite talk show host don't agree with it. We didn't ask for your vote anyway. God's not taking a vote. He's not, he's not, not getting a consensus on who agrees with him. He's just going to find a remnant. <laughs> he's just going to find somebody that's just going to say, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to move with them. I'm going to trust them. See, I, I, lo- I love the story of Job. You remember when, remember when, when Job went through all of his attacks and, and, and like every time he kept, caught his breath, one thing came in after another, just one thing after another, just one thing after just kept, just, until he was totally devastated. And then his wife pipes in and says, you know what, you ought to just curse God and die. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm not talking about Karen right now, but he said, you just ought to curse God and die. She's never said that. She never said, I'm just, I'm just, I don't want y'all throwing something on me that ain't there. Sometimes it's the people closest to you that will talk you out of what God's trying to do through you. Why are you following God? See, I know you prayed. See, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. See, I thought you were a man or a woman of God. I thought you quoted Bible verses and it didn't work out. And Job had to look back at his wife and says, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. I, I esteem his words more than my necessary food. In fact, he said at one point, he said, you speak as one of the foolish women. (laughs) I'm having too much fun. Stop. They push on us, and then they just want us to sit in a little church. Don't take it into the workplace. Don't come up here with this Bible stuff and God stuff in the workplace. Don't come up in here with that. You're pushing all your ideologies on me. And you don't want me to say something? (laughs) Then they play their little psychological games like so they can insulate themselves, so they can protect themselves from an argument. Oh, now you hate me. No, I just don't agree with you. I can love you to the nth degree. And disagree with you. If you don't believe that, you ain't never been married. If you don't believe that, you ain't never had kids. <laughs> kids will bring good and evil out. How many, just admit it, I know you're on camera, but just admit it, say, I felt like killing them, Joe. I, I, I'd, I'd, if I had a, I'd have killed them. How many ever been threatened, been beaten to death? See, some of y'all, that's what, see, that's the problem. Some of y'all ain't never been beat like you should have been beat. <laughs> so they, they, they promote these little self-protected thought processes. And they, okay, oh, oh, now you don't agree with me, so now you hate me. You, you think this censorship, I'm telling you, the, the world, well, they, they, they censored the president. You think the censorship is about the president? Are you kidding me? It's not about the president. You think the censorship is about the conservative movement? No. It's about to get to the church. That's the agenda. It's to silence the church because the church is the only authoritative voice in the earth that can override darkness. And we put it on a man. We put it on a party. It's about the bride. It's about the church. It has nothing to do with a presidency. It's the agenda of evil from day one to silence the voice of the church. If Solomon is to be king, why then does 
Adonijah reign. He's usurping his authority. Let, let me give you this last thing. Oh, it's 12 o'clock. Pastor Porter, you better come on. I got to quit. I got to go anyway. Adonijah, I'll preach this next week. Adonijah, his spirit wants to promote itself and then remain unchallenged. It wants to promote itself and then the church be quiet about it. I don't know how this relates to you, but I know how it relates to me. When God gives me a promise, the last thing I want to do is be silent about it. Even when the circumstances don't line up to what I feel like God has said. Because part of the victory is me declaring what I believe. Because what God is trying to do for the church in this process is to get the church to a place where it learns how to stand in faith and not by feelings. Because it's easy to believe if you see it. But what happens when you don't see it but you still have to believe it? And I, I wrote these, I, I, I looked them up this morning. I wrote them down. The church, you have to know that the church can't be silent. And the church can't be censored. Here we are just a few years into the 21st century. And the West, our neck of the woods, is in one of the most degrading downhill spiral of darkness of over being overridden with secularism than we've ever had. It's not just in our universities. It's in our grade school. Their agenda. But the church has always advanced no matter how dark it got. We are witnessing right now globally, and if I had all the time, I'd show you the stats, but we're witnessing globally massive numbers of people right now turning to Christ. Massive amount of people in Africa, Asia, South America, and communist China are turning to Christ on an exponential level. This is the stat. I do want to tell you about this one stat. In 2010, Protestants in China numbered to be about 60 million people. The prediction at the growth rate that China is on right now, by 2030, nine years from now, China will have an estimate of 250 million Protestants in China where they're not allowed to have church. What we have here, China don't have. They have to meet underground. And then they get persecuted if they get caught. But the church is growing. Soon there will be more believers in China than there are people in America. Because the church can't be silent. Oh, here's another one. Iran. Remember Iran? The, the, the. The Islamic State Iran, who is an avowed enemy of America, right now, Iran, and they don't, they don't have open church because they'll be persecuted, they'll be exiled, or could be killed if they get caught. But in Iran right now, 
documented, Iran has the fastest growing church globally. I said, I, I, I'm talking about Islamic State. Out of the 51 Islamic states in Iran, I mean, in, 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 in the Middle East, out of the 51 nations that are totally Islamic, uh, ran, Iran is the fastest growing Christian nation out of all 51 of them. Thank you for that patty cake. I'm just trying to tell you, you think the devil's going to win this battle? I'm where, where the church has been, been, been pushed underground, where the church has been restrained, where the church has been restricted, you think that the devil would get the upper hand. But no, because the church has a voice, and the gospel is being preached, and people are being born again by the truckloads. I'm just trying to tell you, I don't care what it looks like in the natural it makes no difference to me if we become communist China. I hope it don't ever come to that. I pray that it don't ever come to that. I hope we don't ever become socialists. But if we do, I want you to know that's not going to hinder the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will go underground. We will pray louder. We will preach harder. And we will sing for more glory. Come on and give God a praise if you believe that. born-again believers in Iran right now globally on on the day of Pentecost a little over 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost that happens right now every 25 minutes if you think Adonai is going to reign you are in the wrong camp if you think Adonai is going to have his place of authority, you are distracted from the wrong purpose of the church being alive and well. We are the people of God. And his, his reign will come down. And the reign of our God, the mountain of our God, will be the chief mountain. And all other mountains will run and give glory and honor to the King of Kings. I want to do this. 
I just want to pray. I just want to pray. I want to pray because I want to release victory over people's lives. I want to release the power of God to soak and saturate you right now in the name of Jesus. I want the power of the enemy that's been blinding your mind and blinding your eyes. I want it to come off of you now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to pray now. Come on, let's turn this into a prayer meeting. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every demonic spirit, every thwarting spirit, every usurping spirit that has come against the people of God. We come now and we bind the works of hell. We bind the powers of darkness and we cancel the assignment. We cancel the assignment. And I say to this house, I say to your life, rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. Rise up. Rise up. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your resolve. See the hand of God. See the hand of God working over your children. See the hand of God working in your marriage. See the hand of God working in your business. In the name of Jesus. 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 We cancel every assignment. We cancel every assignment now. In the name of Jesus, why does Adonijah reign when Solomon has been called to reign? Lord, we take our place. We take our place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, hata. Come on, just do battle for about 30 seconds and drill down on the devil. Say, nah, you ain't getting my promise. Uh-uh, you ain't getting my promise. You're not going to have authority over my life. You're not going to have authority over my promises. Uh-uh, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, not ever, not ever, not ever, not ever, not ever. I am born from above. Keta. I feel a promotion in the realm of the spirit. I feel a promotion in the realm of the spirit. You never know who God is about to elevate. You never know who God is about to promote. Adoniah had had his day, but there is a promotion on the church. There's a promotion in the body of Christ. We're about to take our place. was in town he preached a sermon called God's a man of war you remember that he preached a sermon called God's a man of war and when he started preaching it I had a flashback when I read that scripture 
when he was preaching God's a man of war. He said, I just see the body of Christ rising up. And there's about to be a release of the roar of heaven moving throughout this community. And, and we, were, we were all just, we were just in our early 20s, maybe 30s at best. I don't know. It was a long time ago. 20s. We had to be in our 20s. It was a long time ago. We were probably in our 20s. And he started preaching that message. Now, I know some of y'all ain't never been in a Holy Ghost service. But this thing turned into a refined, good message to a Holy Ghost takeover. And before he could get through prophesying God is a man of war, people began to rise up in the sanctuary. And back in those days, we had banners all the way around the sanctuary. And people ran and began to grab the banners. And they began to put on a march around the sanctuary, crying out. You know what they were doing? They were roaring, God is a man of war. God is a man of war. God is a man of war. I tell you, I tell you, it got so intense. Me, Pastor Manny Rivera, Tony Rivera, Pastor Mark, I think Raul was there. I think Tina might have been on the, on the keyboard. I think she was playing the keys. But we grabbed ourselves a banner. And we thought, you know what? If he's going to be a man of war in the church, he's got to be a man of war in the streets. We grabbed those banners and we took off running down the streets till we got all the way to 27. And we got on 27 waving the banners. God is a man of war. See, I know y'all saying, oh, that's silly. You know what it did? It broke through a territorial spirit that that door has never been shut since. You know why this house has influence over the territory? It's because we let powers know. So when I say God's a man of war, you don't need to sit there like going. No, when I say God's a man of war, you ought to come into an amen. You ought to come into an agreement and begin to roar. Come on, give it a roar.
Revival will be our revenge. We're coming. We're coming. And we're coming with a roar in our bellies. We're coming with a shout in our mouth. This region is going to experience the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that it has ever seen. And I'm just going to bump it up a little bit. This nation is about to see the greatest outpouring that the world has ever seen. I'm just going to bump it up a little bit more. The world is about to see the greatest move of God that has ever dawned on humanity. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're people of faith. Adonai can reign for about a day but God knows how to put one up and pull another one down 
Look at somebody next to you. You don't know how God's going to do a thing. Just tell them you don't know how God's going to do a thing. You don't know. You don't know how he's going to do it, but you're going to know it when you see it. And I'm not going to see it to believe it. I've been believing it in order to see it. bow your heads for a moment. Only because I don't know everybody in here. I know probably about 98% of the people. But maybe you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe you did it one time and now you're in a backslidden condition or you've walked away from the things of God and he's no longer the priority. Life and stuff has got in the way. And you're in here today and you just say, you know what, I want to believe, I want to be a part, I want it, I want it. But I'm just so disconnected from God. I just don't have it like I need it or I don't have it like I used to have it. It's only two types of people in this room today, those that are born again and those that are not. Those who have a relationship with Jesus and those who do not. Those who are on their way to heaven and those who are on their way to hell. It's only two roads in life. You either go down the, the life road or the death road. It's only two roads. There's no room in the middle. There's no fence straddling in the kingdom of God. And you're in here today and you just say, you know what, I just, I just got to make a decision. I'm not asking you to do, join this church. I'm not asking you to be a member here. I'm just saying, let's just come to Christ first. Let's start there. And you say in your heart today, you know what, I just need to make that prayer. I just want to make a prayer and I want to get it right. If that's you in this place today, why don't you just get really bold and don't let pride come before a fall. Don't let pride stop you from making it right. If that's you in here, just throw your hand up right where you are, just real quick. Just want to make a quick, simple prayer because I don't know everybody in here. If that's you in here, just throw your hand up. I just want to give you a chance to make the prayer right. I'm just scanning the audience, making sure. God put a burden in my heart a couple weeks ago not to let a service pass by without giving people a chance to come to Jesus. And I'm just at that place now where I want to make sure that you're okay. You're okay. Your relationship with the Lord is secure. Ten more seconds and we're going to pray and walk up out of here and that's you. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, but time waits on nobody. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. It's appointed until a man wants to die and after that you face judgment. Being a good person don't put you in heaven. Being in a relationship with Jesus does. Five more seconds, we're going to pray. If that's you, throw your hand up. I'm just looking. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I see your hands. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. I see it. I thank you. I see it. It's okay. I know it's hard. It's hard to make decisions when you don't know everybody around you. But I see the hands. But more importantly, God sees the hand. God sees the hand. God sees the hand. God knows your heart. He knows right where you are. 
several people raised their hands. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. In 30 seconds, we're all walking out of this building, but I want to pray this prayer with you. If you raised your hand, would you just meet me here at the altar real quick? If you raised your hand, will you just come and meet me and let me pray for you? Come on. Several people raised their hands. I'm waiting on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Church, let's help them. It's hard. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Let's do this. It's okay. doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're, you're struggling. There's some identity going on. I want the church to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to pray it. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be saved. It has to start. There you go, sweetheart. Come on. Come on. Let's give God praise. I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. It's all right. It's hard. It's hard. It's all right. It's all right. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. You're okay. We are. We are. You're okay. Come here, Pastor Carlos. Sorry, just help me up, man. All right, it's okay. Alcohol, it's gonna go today. Yes. Spirit of alcohol is gonna leave you today. I want us to pray this prayer. There's a couple others in here, but it's okay. But I want to tell you something. Not making this 30-foot journey will be the easiest journey you ever take. To walk out of here and live in the world will be the hardest journey you ever have to do. And I'm just telling you, the devil plays for keeps, and don't think you can put it off because you don't know. You don't know. I buried babies, and I buried the elderly. You don't know. And everybody in between, the devil plays for keeps. We're going to pray. We're going to pray over you. Let's pray this prayer. I want everybody to say this prayer out loud. Mean it from your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I come to you just like I am. I come to you just like I am. And I repent of my sins. And I'm asking you today to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me by the blood of your Savior. And I thank you today. From this day forward, I've been born again. I renounce sin and I turn my back on it today. And I thank you today for the blood. I thank you today for the cross, and I thank you today for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Stay right there. Come on, stretch your hands this way. Stretch your hands this way. Father, I come against the spirit of alcoholism. I break the power and the grip of alcoholism off of your life. I break the power of sin. I break the curse of sin. I break the generational curse. And I call you free. 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 In the name of Jesus. Free. In the name of Jesus Christ. Raise you up. Command the power and the spirits of hell. Loose yourself. 
Loose. 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 Loose him and set him free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's what we're after. This is what we're after. This is what it's about. People are going to sober up when they stand under the presence of the Lord. People are going to come back in their right mind under the presence of the Lord. Principalities and demonic spirits are going to break free under the presence of the Lord. Okay, Ka, Ka. We're going to have some of our prayer team people, Pastor Carlos, they're going to pray with him. We're going to make sure he's delivered, but I don't want to hold you up. This is the beginning. Revival will be our revenge. Revival will be our revenge. Because we're coming. We're coming. There's a company coming. Father, I speak over your people now. Help him right there. Stay with him. I don't want him, I want him to move. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for liberty. We thank you, Lord, today for freedom. We thank you today for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I speak over your people now. I declare them healthy, whole, blessed, and prosper. In Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen. 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 Come on, get a roar out on your mouth. Get a roar. Get a roar. We love you in Jesus' name.